0: We turn to the book of Ruth, to chapter 1, Ruth 1, this evening. We read the chapter and we take especially our text from Ruth's confession of faith, as it's expressed in verses 15 through 17 of the chapter. We hear the inspired, infallible word of our God. Now it came to pass, in the days when the judges ruled, but there was a famine in the land. And a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. And the name of the man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife, Naomi, and the name of his two sons, Malon and Chilion, Ephrathites of Bethlehem, Judah. And they came into the country of Moab and continued there. And Elimelech, Naomi's husband died, and she was left, and her two sons. And they took them wives of the women of Moab. The name of the one was Orpah, and the name of the other Ruth. And they dwelled there about ten years. And Malon and Chilion died also, both of them. And the woman was left of her two sons and her husband. Then she arose with her daughter-in-law, "'Daughters-in-law, that she might return from the country of Moab. "'For she had heard in the country of Moab "'how that the Lord had visited his people in giving them bread. "'Wherefore she went forth out of the place where she was, "'and her two daughters-in-law with her, "'and they went on the way to return to the land of Judah. "'And Naomi said unto her two daughters-in-law, "'Go, return each to her mother's house.' The Lord deal kindly with you, as ye have dealt with the dead, and with me. The Lord grant you that ye may find rest, each of you in the house of her husband. Then she kissed them, and they lifted up their voice, and wept. And they said unto her, Surely we will return with thee unto thy people. And Naomi said, Turn again, my daughters, why will ye go with me? Are there yet any more sons in my womb, that they may be your husbands? Turn again, my daughters, go your way, for I am too old to have an husband. If I should say I have hope, if I should have an husband also tonight, and should also bear sons, would ye tarry for them till they were grown? Would ye stay for them from having husbands? Nay, my daughters, for it grieveth me much for your sakes that the hand of the Lord is gone out against me. And they lifted up their voice and wept again. And Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clave unto her. And she said, Behold, thy sister-in-law has gone back unto her people and unto her gods. Return thou after thy sister-in-law. And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee or to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go, and where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God my God. Where thou diest will I die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if aught but death part thee and me. When she saw that she was steadfastly minded to go with her, then she left speaking unto her. So they two went until they came to Bethlehem, And it came to pass when they were come to Bethlehem that all the city was moved about them, and they said, Is this Naomi? And she said unto them, Call me not Naomi, call me Mara, for the Almighty hath dealt very bitterly with me. I went out full, and the Lord hath brought me again home empty. Why then call ye me Naomi, seeing the Lord hath testified against me, and the Almighty hath afflicted me? So Naomi returned, and Ruth the Moabitess, her daughter-in-law, with her, which returned out of the country of Moab. And they came to Bethlehem in the beginning of barley harvest. We read God's word that far. May God bless his word to our hearts. Again, we take as our text verses 15 through 17. And she said, Behold, thy sister-in-law has gone back unto her people and to her gods. Return now after thy sister-in-law, and Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee or to return from following after thee. For whether thou goest, I will go, and where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God my God. Where thou diest, will I die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if aught but death, part thee and me." Beloved, our Lord Jesus Christ, how committed are you to the Word of God? How committed are you to the Gospel of Jesus Christ and to the Church of Jesus Christ? Would you be willing to forsake your father, your mother, your brothers, your sisters for the sake of Jesus Christ and His Church? Are you willing to stand with the people of God, even if that would mean... Loneliness, even if it would mean giving up almost everything personally. These are important questions that we face. And as young ladies making confession of your faith, joining yourselves to a faithful church of Jesus Christ, these questions come before you. What does it mean for you to join Calvary? We see here in our text the power of faith that God works in his children. The confession of our text here is made by a young, poor Moabitish widow woman. The more I read and thought about this confession that she makes, the more I was struck with it this week. It just becomes more and more amazing the more one reads it. Just think about it. Here's a young woman who worshipped and served idols all her life long. And then she marries into a God-fearing family, Elimelech and Naomi, weak, we would say, having moved away from Canaan, away from the church, moving into Moab, but she marries into this family, marries Malon, one of their sons, according to chapter 4, verse 10, and then Elimelech, Malon, and Chilion, they all die. Naomi is the only one left in the family. And Ruth confesses her faith in God despite those factors. She's leaving her family. She's leaving her homeland. And there's even more to it than that. She's a Moabitish woman, despised, hated by the Israelites. Most likely, she's going to remain widowed. She'll never be able to have children. Moabites are not welcome in Israel. And her commitment is even more radical, we could say, than marriage. She will not merely live in Israel till Naomi dies. She will live in Israel until she dies. That's her commitment. And what's the main reason behind all of it? Because of her love for God. That's amazing. What a marvelous faith God worked in her heart. That God's gracious work was that she knew who God was. And her desire above everything else was communion and fellowship with this God to know this God, to live with this God, and to enjoy Him for the whole of her life. Ruth loved God, and she worshipped God. And she turned her back on the gods of Moab now and expresses her commitment to sacrifice much for the sake of God and for the sake of His church. Am I willing to do that? Are you willing to do that? We look at this confession, Ruth's confession. The confession, the contrast, and the motivation. Entreat me not to leave thee or to return from following after thee, says Ruth. For whither thou goest, I will go. And where thou lodgest, I will lodge. This confession forms the heart and core of the whole Christian faith. Ruth confesses here to be a new creation in Jesus Christ. She confesses here that she's dead to Moab. She's dead to all the idolatry of Moab. And her commitment is to Jesus Christ, and to the wonder of salvation in him. Ruth expresses by this confession her hungering and her thirsting after the living God. Although there are those who interpret this as merely temporal, that she was just motivated by the fact of Naomi, perhaps just material concerns, and she figured she would just stay with Naomi because that was the only possibility of any kind of livelihood. Ruth had just lost her husband, after all. She had a common bond with Naomi. Economically, they would say, all things were better in Judah, therefore, it made sense to go back. But, beloved, this is not a natural reaction. This confession is not to be understood as merely a natural choice. Evidently, her mother was still living. Naomi references that in verse 8. She had somewhere to go, she had a mother with whom she could live. According to the flesh, Ruth here has everything to lose. She has nothing to gain. There's no phones back in this day. There's no ability to travel. Once she leaves her homeland, her family, she'll likely never see them again. She'll never come back. Ruth had no idea about the traditions, about the life in Israel. She was a Moabitish Woman, from every outward perspective, the skin of a Moabite, the customs of a Moabite. But God had worked a wonder. God had converted her. God had changed her heart. And the result is that she had a deep spiritual resolve now to live with God and to be where God's people were and to pursue God's will as it was revealed to her through Noamite. God had opened her eyes to see the true God, Jehovah. Only in Israel was that God revealed. And therefore, the truth was found in Israel alone. True worship, true religion were found in Israel. And so Ruth now, whose name means friendship, knew that she had to go where she could be friends with God. That friendship was primary in her life. This confession is not about Naomi. It's not about Israel. It's about Ruth's commitment to friendship with the living God. Friendship with God meant more to her than anything else in her life. Friendship with God meant more to her than her own mother, her own father. Friendship with God meant more to her than all the friends that she grew up with. Friendship with God meant more to her than ever getting married again it meant more to her than having children friendship with God is what drew her to Naomi and to Israel Ruth wanted that friendship she had a longing and desire for it and the only way she could have it was breaking with Moab now and going to Israel and so this is a very personal confession that's worked by the marvelous grace of God Her parents chose one way. Orpah chose that same way. Ruth now deliberately says, I'm going a different way. I will go. She's personally committed to that way of godliness and that way of obedience. And Ruth had her eye already on the spiritual Canaan. That becomes evident from her confession about death. She already sees that she needs to die. And where is it that she will be buried? She can't be buried here in Moab. She will be buried in the promised land. Ruth is already looking beyond this life to another life. Marvelous again that God would work this in the heart and life of this young Moabite woman who had a husband who was not the most spiritually minded or strong spiritually, quite evidently. Her father-in-law had not been the strongest spiritual individual. Even Nomai, though a positive influence, they had moved away from Israel. They had established themselves in Moab. They weren't worshiping God as they were commanded to do. And yet God works this wonder in her life that she chooses for God and away from self. How could, Moses, how could Ruth ever make this confession? Ezekiel 36 gives us the answer. Ezekiel 36 verses 25 to 27 describe what God did here to Ruth. Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you, and ye shall be clean. From all your filthiness and from all your idols will I cleanse you. A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put in you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you an heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and ye shall keep my judgments and do them. That work of God resulted in a commitment on the part of Ruth. Ruth is committed. That's striking here. Sadly, we live in a day when commitment is cheap doesn't mean much anymore when people make promises, whether it's promises with regard to the church, promises in marriage, promises regarding their children. But that must not be the case with us as God's children. The saints of God don't merely say, I'm going to walk with God as a friend for a time, but if it doesn't work out, then I'm just going to go back to the world. The saint of God doesn't waffle, doesn't keep one foot in the world, one foot in the church, try to keep on going back and forth. That's not Ruth here. Ruth makes a decisive break with the world and a decisive commitment to Christ. Remember Lot's wife. Lot's wife was constantly looking back and finally God turned her into a pillar of salt. The child of God is not constantly turning around, wishing that he never had joined the church, wishing that he had made a different move, wishing that he could be living yet in the world. The child of God goes forward in friendship to God and commitment to God and to God's will. Turns away from self and pursues friendship with the living God. Ruth is committed here to going to Israel and never turning back. She will be buried there. Often our faith is weak. Often we're not resting on the promises of God like we ought. We're not standing on the basis of the knowledge that God gives us. True faith confesses. I know this is true. God gives me to know it in his word. And God confirms it in my heart. By the power of his spirit. And therefore I will pursue God's will. Come what may. I trust God will be with me. And God will give me the strength. To stand fast. We pray for that courage. And we pray for that commitment. You young women made that Confession this evening. You answered unashamedly yes to the question and answers that were asked you. When you came before the consistory, you were not ashamed to speak the truth and confess God's word before the elders. This is a life that you're called to live. Friendship with God comes first. And the whole of your life revolves around God, his glory. Again, the one thing have I desired, and that is to dwell with God and to live with him now and now. And to all eternity. We recognize here the wonder of salvation by grace alone. God plucks his children and he takes them even out of the darkness of idolatry and he sets them in the enjoyment of his family and he gives them to know a blessedness and a joy to which nothing can compare so that they're willing to forsake everything for the sake of God and for the sake of his glory. God works the power of faith so that that individual is willing to confess what God confesses. That's the idea of confession, to say what God says. And so I'm willing now to stand with God, to confess what God says, and to live unto Him. And my life then will be with God. It will be in His church. It will be with His saints. Is that your commitment? Is that mine? Are we living according to that commitment? Is it a settled matter in our heart so that there's no dispute? Young people, this is what it's all about. We need to reject Moab and we live with God in communion with him, with his saints in his church. There's a contrast here that makes it even all the more powerful. And that is the contrast that we see with regard to Orpah. Behold, thy sister-in-law is going back unto her people and unto her gods. Return thou after thy sister-in-law. Verse 15. Orpah was an idol worshiper. Her life was with Moab. It was with its idol gods. Ruth reveals that she's going to leave it behind. But Orpah turns back. She can't leave it. She can't leave Moab. The sacrifice of going to Israel is too great for Orpah. She's willing to walk with Naomi to the border and then she turns around. That's enough. You know how hard this is. Perhaps some of you have been in this situation. You have someone who becomes a dear friend, and that person means a lot to you, and you spend a lot of time with that one, but pretty soon it becomes evident you don't share the same goals, the same ambitions. And so it's necessary to part ways. He or she goes back to their previous ways and you need to stand faithful. Or perhaps they go to the world now and they begin to enjoy all the pleasures and all the treasures of the world. And the temptation is so great for you to join them. But you know what you've been taught. You know God and His Word. Will you stand faithful over against such strong temptations and such tremendous pressure? Are you able to say, by God's grace, even though my friends are forsaking me, even though my friends are going back, I am going to stay faithful. And even if that means I'm alone. Or are you tempted to turn your back on your parents, on your confession, your church, your friends? Orpah not only provides here a powerful contrast, but a great temptation for Ruth's faith. But thankfully, the power of God's grace preserved Ruth. And we learn, look to God in the midst of temptation. Look to God's strength. Bathe your life in prayer. And know that God alone is your strength. And God is the one who will preserve and keep you to the pursuit of His will and His ways. The child of God doesn't wonder, should I be following God or not? Should I be walking in obedience to God's commandments or not? He doesn't wonder, should I be more faithful to God or should not I? He doesn't wonder, should I follow after the ways of sin or not? Faith, beloved, is grounded in God's grace. And because faith is grounded in the word of God, the child of God goes forward with a single-mindedness. I have my eye set on God in Jesus Christ, and I will pursue Him. I will pursue His will. That's all that matters to me. Psalm twenty seven four, one thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after. Friendships that previously were important to me, now they don't mean so much any longer. They're not as satisfying. Places that I used to frequent, they're not places I'm going to go to anymore. Your faith is settled by God's grace. And now, with single resolve, you pursue God and his will. Where thou goest, I will go, is Ruth's confession. Now, Naomi is not going to the bar. Naomi is not going to the movie theater. Naomi is not going to the dance clubs and the pleasures and treasures of this world. Naomi is going to Israel. She's going to church. That's her commitment. Are you with Orpah or with Ruth? The Lord do so to me, and more also, if aught but death, part thee and me. Verse 17. Ruth swears an oath. So strong her commitment is. Her commitment is that which she's willing to make a matter of an oath before God, and that, again, emphasizes the sharp contrast here. That's the only way to understand the last part of verse 17. If aught but the Lord do so to me, and more also, if aught but death part thee and me. In other words, when we make a vow, we realize that we're weak, but we stand before God, and we trust that God is the one who will help me do it. And we, in essence, say, God, strengthen me to do it, and if I don't do it, let me die. She looks to God. This wasn't rash. She trusts in God. And she says, let God hear my words and let God be the one who punishes me if I do anything less than that which I've confessed. That's the confidence with which also we stand before the living God and make vows. Now God is setting forth a powerful contrast not just between Orpah and Ruth, but between also Ruth and many of the rebellious Israelites of that day. That's another remarkable aspect of this passage, that God would bring Gentiles into the covenant. God here not only saves a sinner, but God takes a Gentile into the life of the kingdom and the life of the covenant. This is the best way, I believe, to understand Naomi's reluctance to take the girls with her to Canaan. No doubt, as a mother who loved these girls, there would be no greater joy than to have them accompany her. But why is it that Noamai asks the questions that she does? And why is it that she attempts so hard to discourage the girls from following her? The best explanation I can think of is Noamai knew Deuteronomy 23, verses 4 and 5. Deuteronomy 23, verses 4 and 5 made a strong, strong point. An Ammonite or Moabite shall not enter into the congregation of the Lord. Even to their tenth generation shall they not enter into the congregation of the Lord forever. Because they met you not with bread and with water in the way when ye came forth out of Egypt. And because they hired against thee Balaam, the son of Beor of Pethor of Mesopotamia, to curse thee. God's word was clear with regard to the Moabites. Israel hated the Moabites. God hated the Moabites. God said, There's no place for Moabites or Ammonites within my land. Naomi loved these girls, she was close to them, but she knew they were still Moabites. It had been contrary to the law for her sons to marry them. They should never have married Moabite women as Israelites. They did it. It could not be expected that any of her relatives in Israel would embrace a Moabite woman, that any would feel any kind of responsibility toward them. Noamite could not understand how Ruth or Orpah, Moabitish girls, would ever be able to find a place among the people of Israel. But she knew this much. When Ruth made this beautiful confession, she kept quiet. There was nothing that she could say to send back such strong faith to the land of Moab. She would take Ruth with her, and together they would face the challenges that were before them. And as they come back into Israel, the faith of Ruth shows powerfully. Here's a woman who's willing to walk in love and obedience to God and to her fellow saints. And God reveals the wonder of his providence in taking this Gentile woman and incorporating her not only into Israel, but incorporating her into the line of the Messiah. We see a wonder of God's grace among the unfaithful in Israel, God sets a contrast. Here's a Gentile woman who's walking with a stronger faith than those of you who are forsaking Israel. Those of you who are forsaking the worship of God. Even stronger than Elimelech and Naomi had manifest. When things got difficult for them, what do they do? They bailed. They went to Moab. And now here's a young Moabitish woman saying, The only place I can go to and the only place I will live is in Israel because Jehovah, he is my God. What a wonder of God's grace. Thy God, my God. That's her motivation according to verse 16. had just confessed in verse 13, and here again, imagine this. Noamai had just confessed to Ruth and to Orpah, the hand of the Lord has been against me. Naomi has come to the conclusion, I should not have left Israel. God's hand has been against me in that my husband and my sons have died. So Noamai is saying, God's judgment, his chastisement has been upon me. God is the one who brought these troubles upon me so that now my sons are dead. And what does Ruth say? That's the God I love. That's the God whom I want to serve. The God who took her husband. That's the one whom I'm committed to. Isn't that astounding? This isn't just a temporary historical faith. This is the true faith in Jehovah God. And the only motive of Ruth and the only possibility of her making this confession is a marvelous wonder of God's grace in her heart. God gave Ruth to know peace. He gave her to know the salvation of the gospel. God used Naomi, no doubt. We never underestimate the use of means. God used Naomi to teach and to instruct in a careful way. But God's work from eternity was that Ruth was his child. God had chosen her as his child. God ordained in his providence that the failure of Elimelech and Noamai to move into the land of Moab would serve his perfect purpose in bringing the gospel to this woman who needed to hear of Christ and who needed to be brought out of Moab. By the grace of God, God brought about the salvation and wonder of this event. By the grace of God, he works in our hearts the confession concerning himself. He works in us the knowledge of our election, the wonder of the grace by which he has set his love upon me and given me to know that I'm not alone. I have a Savior, Jesus Christ, my Lord. He works in us that longing for friendship with him, And that knowledge that the most important thing in my life is friendship with the living God. And I'm willing to give up everything for the sake of it. I'm willing to give up my relationships. I'm willing to give up my land, my house, everything for the sake of communion and friendship with the living God. God works that wonder in our hearts. And God gives us then the grace faithfully to turn to Him, to look to Him, to pursue Him, even if it means I'm going to have to go alone. God works in us the grace to turn away from the world, to say no to the ways of sin, to say, this is the path that I must go on. The narrow way that leads to glory, the way of obedience to my heavenly Father. God works in us the grace by which we set our heart on the things of his kingdom and we seek his glory, his righteousness alone. God works that wonder in our hearts. And he gives us the confession, Jehovah, he is my God. He is my Lord. He's my King. And he's the one for whom I will live. He's the Lord of my life. And consequently, I owe my all to him. And I am dedicated to the pursuit of his will, come what may the cost. And the controlling factor then of my life is this glorious truth. Thy God, my God. That was the commitment of Jesus for you and for me. He set his love upon his father and he pursued the will of his father for the sake of the salvation of his children, his church. And that's the wonder of his spirit implanted within us. To dwell in the house of the Lord all my days. That's my motivation. And that controls then the whole of my walk. Ruth found the rich blessing of God. She experienced the wonder of God's goodness and God's mercy. What joy must have filled the heart of Naomi. Filled perhaps with questions, concerns perhaps even, but what joy to go back, not alone, but with her precious daughter-in-law at her side. Doubts and fears as to what their lot would be in the future, but Naomi knowing God would be with them and God would watch over them. And then, the remarkable way in which God's blessing was evident. Providing them with material blessings in abundance. God providing the way of gleaning. And then God presenting Boaz, whose generosity led Naomi to be astounded. Ruth would come back every day with far more than they needed. God blessing Then Ruth with a husband of her own. God giving to her children, making her one of the mothers of the Messiah. Beloved, so it is with God's children. You forsake the ways of sin. You pursue Jehovah God and God alone. And you experience God's blessing. God's blessing is upon His children. God gives His children... This blessed assurance, you will never be ashamed of your confession. You walk in the ways of the world, you pursue the ways of sin, there will be shame, there will be guilt. But when you set God before your eyes, thy God, my God, and you pursue his will, there will never be shame. Your commitment to God and to his church will be such that God's blessings will be evident. Not necessarily earthly blessings, but spiritual blessings in boundless measure. We are Gentiles. We have no right to anything of God or of his kingdom. And yet God gives us to know Christ. He gives us to know the blessings of salvation. God gives marriage. He gives children. God gives to us communion and fellowship with himself in Jesus Christ. God gives us the assurance that our sins are forgiven and we have peace with him. Ultimately, God gives us what Ruth now experiences. Everlasting joy and bliss in fellowship with God that knows no end. We may lose much in this life, even as Ruth lost much. But God provides that which money can't buy. God provides that which is most precious. Friendship with a living God and life everlasting. Amen. Our Father who art in heaven, strengthen us in the confession that thou hast worked in our hearts. Grant that with boldness we might say no to the world and walk that antithetical walk in the pursuit of thy will and thy ways. And strengthen us that we might know that despite the opposition, despite the attempts of the devil to detract and to distract us, Thou art faithful, and Thou wilt preserve and keep us as Thine own, now, through death, and unto everlasting bliss and glory. Amen.